Story three of the Hotel d'Angleterre and Other Stories by Lenoy Falconer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story three A Rainy Day. The day began well, too well, in fact, for toward noon its radiance was overclouded. A shadow fell on those crabbed German characters which Lydia invariably studied after breakfast and on the silk and straw of which madge who did nothing invariably was compounding a bonnet i trust and hope cried the latter with dramatic fervour that it is not going to rain from the depths of her heart lydia re-echoed the wish but she said nothing as was her fashion when she felt much madge in this as in most things the opposite to her sister continued oh no i will not believe it it could not be so cruel it was only a cloud passing over the sun she rose as she spoke and putting the unfinished headgear upon her chestnut curls examined her reflection in the long mirror over the console for a moment the light played brightly on the girlish vision then the shadow fell again she went to the open window and looked out the cloud which was slowly stifling the sun with fold upon fold of delicate gray vapor had covered all the brilliant blue which arched so brightly above the opening day and with that had vanished too the flame-like brilliancy of the geraniums in the garden and the roses about the window thomas she called anxiously do you think it is going to rain thomas paused in his work of rolling the lawn and resting on the handle of the roller inspected the sky with a look of profound calculation i don't know zackly miss but it looks as if we might have some wet but then again it met pass off i could tell as much as that myself murmured madge impatiently leaving the room for the hall outside it where beside the fishing-rods an aneroid was suspended on the varnished wall the movable hand was exactly over the other as it had been placed that morning early by the master of the house and both pointing directly to change vouchsafed no more definite information than thomas madge tapped the glass the needle vibrated but not in one direction more than another she tapped it again and it seemed to rise she was about to persevere in a mode of treatment which was so efficacious when a door behind her opened and there appeared an elderly gentleman with a pen in his hand and an expression of strong irritation on his finely cut features i think i have before explained to you margaret that an aneroid is not a drum it is not intended to be thumped in that violent manner and will only be injured by so doing i do wish you would adopt some other method of studying the weather madge made no reply a remarkable circumstance as generally speaking she must have the last word but hastily re-entering the drawing-room exclaimed oh i was in such a fright lest he should happen to look at the umbrella-stand and why began lydia then paused as their doubts and hopes were finally settled by a sound outside upon the gravel terrace and she looked round to see the fair flat pastoral view all blurred and veiled by a sheet of fine rain which fell not heavily but steadily after the manner of things which are likely to continue 
it is pouring said madge with a look of such dismay as was not often seen upon her happy face it will rain all day said lydia her dark eyes beneath their delicate brows distended with almost tragic intentness it is all right for you said madge enviously with her face still close to the window-pane for now you will not be obliged to go to the lawsons no lydia somewhat faintly made answer uncle bertram would not like the carriage to go out in such weather of course not besides how could they possibly expect you especially as it isn't a party what an escape for you lydia was silent unable to explain the real state of her feelings in a neighbourhood where the standard of liveliness was far from high the dullness of the lawson family was a proverb even in their own house they did not attempt to keep up that ball of conversation which in country districts is apt to be so heavy they sat still and listened to such remarks as might be made to them replying as shortly as possible till the mental stagnation which apparently held them tongue-tied spread gradually from them to their guests the brightest languished the most talkative faltered and the visit ended in melancholy silence and this was the family with whom lydia longed to pass an afternoon as perhaps in her brief life she had never longed for anything the first bell has rung said uncle bertram significantly as he entered and what is all that upon the floor in indirect answer madge commenced forthwith to gather up the various scraps with which as was her custom when working she had bestrewn the ground far and near while lydia departed with her schiller and her dictionary she crossed the hall with one dejected glance at the uncomforting aneroid mounted by the oak staircase to a landing furnished with well-filled bookcases engravings and china and through one of the five or six doors that opened on to it entered her own room a quaint chamber with a very low ceiling polished wood floor white draperies and a square casement about which great bunches of wisteria drooped through this casement when she had finished drying her long pink-tipped fingers she stood gazing wistfully the ground sloped upward on this side of the house to a row of close-set elms so she seemed to look into an almost skyless world of living green all sad-coloured and rain-bedewed but of this she beheld nothing for quite another scene was before her and that too from the not very distant past it was a large garden-party which the lawsons with praiseworthy energy had roused themselves to give about three weeks ago she had played her turn at tennis and was resting apart from the main body of onlookers on a shady seat by the river eva lawson sat beside her it was not perhaps her right place as a hostess but seeing what her social talents were or rather were not she was probably as useful there as anywhere else at any rate she left lydia free in a kind of day-dream to watch the clear waters gliding past over the many-coloured pebbles and the long silken tresses of the weeds at last however eva was moved to speak here is mr calvert who is mr calvert asked lydia without the slightest desire to know oh one of the fishing club 
he is a friend of uncle edward's so we allow him to fish in our grounds i think he is coming here now i hope not lydia was unsociable enough to say a step on the gravel heralded his approach but lydia tried hard not to look round even when eva made haste to introduce the newcomer which in her anxiety to throw the onus of entertaining him on somebody else she did before she had answered his greeting a tall figure in the untidy dress affected by men when they go trout fishing was all that lydia saw or cared to see till he spoke she was sensitive to voices and his was rich and soft and deep suggestive of the tenderness and the strength of true manhood so that though he said only commonplace things in commonplace sentences as indeed under the circumstances was almost inevitable she was irresistibly drawn as she listened to look at the speaker and no sooner did she turn toward him her hitherto averted eyes than he hurriedly appealed to her about some matter of no comment in a manner so humble and with a glance so reverent it might have conciliated a much less gracious lady then as on wings did their converse seem to advance in ten minutes they were talking as if they had known each other for years of pictures and books and plays of opinions and tastes and even of feelings till when the tea-bell rang lydia heard it with unwonted regret the handle of her door was violently agitated as if someone was trying to wrench it out and then as lydia was by this characteristic action prepared to see madge came or rather fell into the room i think you ought to knock her sister mildly observed i know i ought but i am much too anxious to think of such a trifle as manners what is to become of me if uncle bertram should take it into his head to go out why what does it matter matter why he will find out that his umbrella is gone gone where ha i only wish i knew did i not tell you yesterday when we were starting for the smarts and it looked as if it were going to rain i couldn't find my umbrella so you see there was no time to lose you were in the pony carriage and jerry was rearing and plunging so i just took uncle bertram's oh madge how could you it's all very well to say how could i how could i not pray I was not going to have my best hat spoiled, and I did not know the rain would keep off till to-day. However, that is not the worst of it. When we got to the smarts, I put the umbrella into the umbrella stand. You ought not to have let it out of your hands all day. My dear Lydia, you are really too absurd. How could I play lawn-tennis with an umbrella in my hands? And where could it be safer than in the stand? well then did you find it there well no i did not when i came to look for it it was gone some brute had taken it the gong sounded and they went to lunch in the brown wainscoted dining-room hung with dark and indistinct paintings by old masters which uncle bertram had collected in belgium and france as they ate their lunch lydia with affected and madge with unaffected interest for the trouble was yet to come which could diminish her appetite they debated the possibility of its clearing or not clearing till at last their uncle observed there is no clearer sign of an empty mind than a habit of discussing the weather 
to say once for all that the day is fine or wet hot or cold may be allowable though it is quite unnecessary seeing that it is a fact which every one can discover for himself but to make such circumstances a subject of prolonged conversation or chatter rather for conversation it cannot be called is quite unpardonable all the same i should like to know whether it is going to clear said madge who was not easily abashed as if not we can't go out well even then i presume you have resources enough to enable you to exist indoors for one day and if you have any imperative call to go out it is not impossible if you go properly prepared i myself intend going over to mr smart's to see this new find of his which he declares is a vandevelde not in this rain surely uncle you will get soaked no my dear madge not with my umbrella which is a very different thing to those flimsy en tout cas as you call them which you and lydia are fond of using i selected it with great care at the stores when i was last in town it was expensive but i flatter myself it was worth the money you won't go out directly after lunch will you uncle no i shall wait to see what the afternoon post brings there was thus about an hour and a half left in which to avoid discovery i know what i shall do confided madge to lydia when they returned to the drawing-room i will send thomas for the umbrella where will you send him first to the smarts to see if by any chance the umbrella has been returned then to the woods and the marshes to see if they have taken it as they were the only people at the party one of them must have taken it i only wish you had a better messenger than thomas poor thing he is so so hopelessly idiotic but i shall make it so plain that even a hopeless idiot could not make a mistake the first thing was through the instrumentality of lisbeth the parlour-maid to summon thomas from the kitchen garden the next to interview him at the pantry window as being the furthest removed from the study whereto mr bertram dacris had again betaken himself to the long and lucid explanation of his mission which madge unfolded thomas listened as was his custom not merely with an attentive but with an almost solemnly thoughtful countenance as if one whose whole mind is concentrated on the matter before him and now thomas you clearly understand what i want you to do oh yes miss i understand all right first i go to miss smarts with master's umbrella but at last a clearer view of his task seemed borne in upon him and he went off to saddle jerry crossing the yard in deference to madge's exhortations to make haste at a kind of trot considerably slower than a brisk walk would have been in the drawing-room lydia was reading not for the first time two little notes which on madge's re-entrance she slipped hurriedly under the violet satin square she was embroidering with saffron silk and yet all the world might have read the conventional sentences with which in the one mr calvert accepted miss dacre's invitation to tea and tennis and in the other entreated her acceptance of the new book which she had desired to see 
Lydia had read these curt and prosaic compositions over and over again. They afforded her a pleasure the like of which she had never experienced, and which she would have thought it impossible for any one else to understand or describe. Today it occurred to her that perhaps Mendelssohn had felt something akin to it for Madge, who had sat down to practice her scales, suddenly changed to a more tuneful and harmonious strain. She began playing, with her peculiar liquid touch, an allegro of Mendelssohn's, sparkling as a sunny spring morning, with an undertone of caressing tenderness, of which Lydia felt for the first time the significance as well as the beauty. For Lydia, though renowned for her common sense and her practical abilities, was not of an artistic temperament or a romantic disposition, and it had required nothing less than the process of falling in love to open her eyes, or should we say heart, to one great side of human nature and the art which interprets it. The door opened and the music ceased. "'If you please, miss,' said Lisbeth, "'Mrs. Smart sends her love, and she has looked everywhere for the umbrella, but she cannot find it well is that all that is the message thomas gave me miss oh that madge murmured with a long-drawn breath before she fled from the room to confront and catechize this most inexpert messenger did i not tell you three times at least that if you did not find the umbrella you were to go straight on to mrs wood's and to mrs marsh's to see if it was there certainly miss certainly said thomas evidently perplexed but i thought as how you would like fur to know as it weren't at mrs mart's what does it matter to me where it is not oh dear how much precious time you have lost pray be off as fast as you can first to mrs wood's and then to mrs marsh's and don't come back without the umbrella you know what it is like don't you green silk with a silver handle meanwhile lydia was still struggling against despair one forlorn hope at least remained it might clear and if it did so within half an hour she might still take tea with the lawsons she went to the window and peered eagerly out alas on every side rain 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 not a gleam not a break in all that sullen sky a ring at the front door-bell made her start but when the drawing-room door opened a few minutes afterward only madge came in it was the post but there was nothing for us everything was for uncle bertram and it was the greatest mercy explained madge who only the day before had bitterly complained of a similar circumstance as it will keep him employed for a time it is raining less heavily i fancy but he will still want his umbrella if the rain is not so bad perhaps the lawsons might expect me said lydia wistfully looking toward the window oh gracious no answered madge with the kindest intentions it is not like a party there is no one to meet you no that is unless any one should happen to drop in but who is there to drop in all the fishing men have gone you know but they had not all gone, as Lydia knew on the very best authority, and, alas, the last of them, and only one for whom Lydia cared a straw, would leave to-morrow. 
Had he not himself told her so the day before yesterday at the tennis meeting, where he arrived so late as to make it a wonder to all but a few preternaturally sharp-sighted onlookers why he arrived at all? If I look in at the Lawsons on Thursday, then I shall be sure to find you, shall I not? I leave on Friday. My rooms are wanted, and I have not had a chance of speaking to you to-day in this crowd. He spoke the last words in an aggrieved tone, as if the hostess had shown a want of proper feeling in asking any one besides Lydia and himself to her party. But his resentment, though irrational, had not been altogether displeasing to her. "'Is any one coming with me?' asked Mr. Dacre, looking in. "'I am just starting.' "'No, not even Madge. I suppose you have mislaid your umbrella as usual.' never mind you shall have a share of mine it is exceptionally large he smiled indulgently evidently his letters had been of a most agreeable character and he was in the sweetest temper which only rendered the impending catastrophe the more deplorable oh lydia lydia cried madge as the door closed behind him what shall i do the answer to this piteous outcry was a ring at the door Lisbeth looked in a few minutes later to see if a master was there, as John Smith wanted to see him. It was a reprieve, and a very valuable one, as the interview was not likely to be brief, seeing it concerned a certain cabinet designed by Mr. Dacre and executed by Smith, over which they had now for full six weeks been quarrelling, as a dignified gentleman and a respectful artisan can quarrel each being secretly but profoundly convinced of the other's total ignorance of the business at hand. For what, as Mr. Dacre so often asked his nieces, can an ignorant bumpkin like that know of artistic fitness? Just as Smith propounded to his wife the riddle, What does he know about such work? Why, he couldn't make so much as a rabbit-hutch! Five o'clock struck, and the ever-welcome tea-tray appeared— but for once de quincey's dictum was at fault and happiness did not enter with it madge indeed managed to consume a respectable quantity of thin bread and butter and even cake as well as two cups of tea but not she professed with so keen an enjoyment as usual but why do not you eat something lydia you have not lost an umbrella what is that it was lisbeth's carrying a long brown paper parcel if you please miss thomas have brought the umbrella oh bless him bless him cried madge snatching at the parcel and tearing it open in frantic haste then suddenly followed an exclamation of a different character low and deep what is the matter asked lydia rather languidly look cried madge in tones of withering scorn look at uncle bertram's brand-new silk umbrella with a silver handle and she held forth at arm's length, as if it had been some noxious reptile which could sting, an umbrella whose handle was of the most unpretending description, whose gingham cover, dark brown in hue, had been worn and even perforated by winter and rough weather. "'But what is this about?' asked Lydia, picking up a note which had fallen to the floor, and handing it to her sister." madge read it aloud with her own interpolations 
dearest madge we have searched all over the house well that need not take long one would suppose she lived in a palace and i cannot find your umbrella unless it is this one which has been lying here for weeks idiot when it was lost only yesterday i fancy i have seen you with one something like it that i am sure she has not no one ever saw me with anything so vulgar and shabby hoping it is the right one i remain yours affectionately caroline wood she finished by dashing the umbrella into the fireplace where fortunately there was no fire only the next instant to recover it with equal impetuosity and conceal it together with its string and paper wrappings just as with his usual deliberate step mr dacre was heard approaching while mr dacre sipped his tea and decanted on the combined obstinacy and conceit with which for more than an hour he had been contending lydia slipped quietly away she climbed the stairs as if she had been walking for miles and when she reached her room threw herself upon her little bed and buried her head in its snowy counterpane she was crying yes literally crying the sedate and sensible lydia least given of all girls to hysterical outbreaks she was crying because she could not go out to tea yet no that did not fairly state her case she protested defending herself against herself and raising her head and supporting it on her hands she gazed thoughtfully before her though whether the real explanation was more to her credit she was not quite so certain into what state of mind had she allowed herself to drift that her happiness should depend on the sight of one who perhaps cared little whether he saw her or no true he had seemed to seek her society but perhaps that might be only because they had so many interests in common and as to the looks and words which had seemed once to mean so much in the shadow of this most depressing day their sweet significance faded as glowing colour vanishes in the flowers which we carry from the sunlight to the shade yes doubtless she had been very foolish building the loveliest of castles on foundations slighter than the clouds but if he did not care for her it was the more likely he would go on the morrow perhaps never to return so the rain had deprived her of her one last hope of seeing him and hearing him speak in the bitterness of this thought she pressed her lips together and shut her eyes as if wincing from bodily pain but when she opened them again her tears gleamed like a dazzling mist before her and she felt the warm touch of sunlight on her hands and face it came straight through the casement from the west where just above the elm tops in a sea of blue between the parting rain clouds the sun shone gloriously on the declining day alas like so many good things his triumph came too late at half-past five there was no decent pretext for keeping an engagement to afternoon tea oh lydia only think cried madge bursting into the room it is all right the umbrella has come what is the matter a headache oh poor dear try some pyretic saline it always cures mine but is it not a mercy about that umbrella jane marsh took it home last night by mistake and then finding it was not hers 
thought it might be the lawsons and sent it there why goodness only knows since they were not at the smarts party lydia felt quite conscience-stricken at her own comparative indifference to a piece of information so momentous and with a gallant effort to shake off this self-absorption and assume a little sympathy even if she had it not asked who brought it who brought it replied madge slowly and with a divided mind half of her attention being concentrated on her hair which she was rearranging before the toilet-table lydia in what a much more becoming light you have managed to get your looking-glass than mine is but about the umbrella oh uh, eva lawson sent it over by lydia i think my hair high up like this suits me by mr uh, mr uh, thingamy you know may i have some of these hairpins thank you he is downstairs now he asked for you but i suppose if you have a headache you don't care to go down lydia's attention had wandered during this speech but at the end she roused herself once more to ask without the faintest curiosity who is downstairs why mr oh dear i can't remember his stupid name that tall man you are always uh, mr calvert that's it may i come in said mr dacre's voice pray can neither of you come downstairs to entertain mr calvert at this moment while i have left him to look for some etchings he wishes to see he remains quite alone in the drawing-room while he knows you are both in the house you show a great want of consideration toward a well-informed man if it had been on the contrary one of those empty-headed fops the smarts or the marshes you would have been down directly to receive them well i can't come down till i have done up my hair and lydia is ill ill cried mr dacris with his eyes on lydia's rosy cheeks no 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 i am not at all ill she cried hastily departing but she was quite pale by the time she reached the drawing-room and her heart was beating as if it would choke her it was very kind of you to walk over with the umbrella she controlled her trembling lips to say with quite conventional politeness yes very kind generous even seeing i had no other inducement or motive and in the light of his smile all her misgivings vanished and within as without it was perfectly fine end of story three